Welcome, everyone, to our latest edition of BAMS Radio. Drew Yarman here, along with my co-host and cohorts, Thomas the Wizard Watch from the Port City of Mobile. He does a great job producing for us, giving us his analytical takes and thoughts on Alabama football. And then from 89 to 93, a national champion and uh, someone that's got his ears to the ground, one of the best insiders there is, William Redfish Barger. We're here to analyze Alabama 55, Vanderbilt 3, and uh, talk. And then look ahead to Arkansas, Alabama with another road test, the first one within the SEC. The Hogs are coming off of a 23-21 to loss. Those games are always crazy in the Jerry World Classic, and that one, of course, was as well. Arkansas leading 14 to nothing, uh, and then uh, cutting it to 23-21. Looked like they were going to drive and have a chance to kick the go-ahead field goal uh, with about a minute and 30 to go, but the ball goes off the top of the upright, and they end up losing the game 23-21. So Dirt Neck, a.k.a. Jimbo Fisher, escapes, even though his team really got outplayed for most of the game. And, uh, you know, really we're very fortunate. Arkansas fumbles inside that three-yard line, and it was rec- returned 97 yards for a touchdown in the first half when it looked like uh, Arkansas was about to take a 21-7 to lead. So, again, uh, the Aggies escape, and, you know, college football is crazy uh, because my guy John Summerall at Troy that I know very well, they get a signature win over Marshall 16-7. to James Madison beats that Appalachian team 32-28. And then we saw Mario Cristobal's Miami Hurricanes inexplicably lose to Middle Tennessee 45-31. So it's good to be Alabama where you take care of business, no question about that. And they had their best all-around performance, I thought, offensively, defensively, and in the kicking game uh, to beat Vanderbilt 55-3. I think it's an improved Vanderbilt team still, you know, will be lucky to win probably five games, but I thought Alabama did what they had to do. And most astonishing stat that I heard inside the press box at Brian Denny Stadium was it's not something I've monitored. I know Alabama's dominated the series, but it was the first time since 2007 that Vanderbilt has scored points against Alabama. And if you wanted to be a, a, a smart ass, and I can be a snark every now and then, Alabama actually won the game 58 to nothing, considering Joseph Boulevard kicked the majority of his career at Alabama. So it's kind of funny, but Alabama dominates that game, wins 55 to three, and uh, was able to get a lot of guys in the game, play a lot of players. Uh, Bryce Young, I thought, had his best game. The receiver core started making some plays down the field, and now she gets some guys back from injury as well. The only negative, a couple of injuries in the game. Byron Young sounds like an ankle. Jordan Battle looked like an injury. We saw similar to the hamstring Minka Fitzpatrick pulled against LSU a few years ago. So we'll see where Battle is. No one asked about Battle in the press conference yesterday. I didn't get a chance to, but certainly Coach Saban said Byron Young had an ankle. So we'll have to monitor those situations. But overall, I thought it was a good performance. And I'm going to bring William Barger in. William, I thought all three phases, uh, Alabama played well. Unfortunately, they had a couple of fumbles in the game, uh, but I still thought uh, there's some things you can nitpick, but I still thought it was a really strong performance. No, no. I mean, I, I think as long as you factor in the, the level of competition, Alabama went out and executed and performed well. Um, you know, had, had, you know, two running backs that, uh, you know, did really well and, and Jason McClellan and Jamarion Miller, I mean, actually all of them did, but. Uh, the, the true freshman's just caught my eye, so, you know, when it's worth mentioning him, I'm going to. And, uh, you know, you kind of saw Jermaine Burton get uh, get his chemistry, um, you know, going again with, with Bryce Young and, and, you know, he and uh, Ja'Cory Brooks, a guy that we highlighted last Saturday, uh, Sunday on the show, um, you know, both had really nice days. And, and you know, the defense continued to uh, – you know, get to play a lot of guys. I think, you know, Deontay Lawson was one of the leading tacklers along with Henry Toa Toa. Um, so, you know, I, I think last night was probably more enjoyable by the fans, albeit I was down on the Gulf Coast fishing. But um, I would imagine that that late kickoff and the sun already being behind the the stands and, and, and everything with some nice, cool fall-like weather, you know, probably had the fan base were good and energized. Yeah, I mean, it was a nice crowd, you know, certainly wasn't a complete sellout, but, uh, you know, some energy in the stadium. And I totally agree with you, William, about Jamarion Miller. I've nicknamed him the hammer. 
And, uh, you know, I'll freely admit and wear it. I was in the press box tweeting for my radio station. And, uh, you know, I, I thought Coach Saban was going to do the usual, you know, just run a zone into the middle of the line, basically, to run the clock out, if not take a knee. And then Alabama was going to win the game 48-3. to But they gave, they gave it to Jamarion on his own play and blocked it well. And he broke it for 40 yards and a touchdown. And I had to delete my tweet and redo it. Uh, always, but I'll <laughs> – and, and give Jamarion the credit that he deserved, his second touchdown of the game. And um, I know it's mostly been in garbage time, William, but to me, he's pushing uh, hard. And I'd like to see him, you know, get, get, get a roll, even if the game is not completely out of hand. If they say they have a 7 to 14-point lead, I'd like to see him start closing teams out because, you know, it's what you used to tell me about Derrick Henry. You know, after a while, they don't want to hit a guy that big. Well, Jamarion's certainly not that that big a running back, but he certainly runs like he's 235. And he uh, against a tired defense that's kind of, you know, resigned to the fact they're fixing to lose a football game, he doesn't look like he's much fun to tackle. No, no. And, then, you know, I think he's got a good, compact, low center of gravity. Um, you know, seems to run with good body lean. And, you know, it, it's certainly hard to bring down, um, you know, for the initial tackler and stuff. But he's... Yeah, I just think he's playing a very big role um, that, that, you know, you know, especially when you've got the number of guys in that running back room that are coming back from, from injuries. Um, you know, I think he's, he's a guy that can, you know, allow the coaches to let some of those guys get their touches, but, you know, maybe not just run them, you know, run them to death, especially against a overmatched program like Vanderbilt. Um, but, you know, it, it was uh, – just, you know, good to see the, you know, because it, it's hard sometimes to do that against Air Drew. It was good to see Bryce and, um, you know, the receivers and, and you know, the O-line, you know, kind of all gel for, you know, at least one night so far this fall and, you know, get the downfield passing game going. Um, you know, everybody kind of looked comfortable and on the same page and uh, the receivers were running good routes, you know, you saw Burton settle down into a, a, a zone gap one time that, you know, he didn't do a couple of weeks ago. Um, so, you know, he saw some improvement and, uh, you know, I think that's what this program was looking for. And, um, you know, they're going to have a, a hostile environment to walk into next Saturday. And, um, you know, I think probably the, the defense has the bigger challenge, um, you know, this week against the Arkansas offense, Arkansas's defense is, um, you know, proven to certainly look like they're carrying over from last year and um, can't 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 stop the pass to save their lives. And, you know, they get into some, some you know, defensive schemes up front that makes it kind of easy and simplistic to run against at times. But, you know, I think Pete Golding's kind of got the, the onus on his side of the ball this week to kind of keep that Arkansas offense in check. And, you know, it can be difficult when you've got a quarterback that you're going to see some – you know, quarterback draws and some zone read plays from, and, you know, he's, he's a different, uh, you know, type of quarterback than they've seen so far this season. So it's, it's going to be a good test for Alabama to, you know, make that jump up in competition and, uh, you know, go and win one on the road in the SEC this season. Yeah. And I don't think there's any doubt people remember, I think it was a 42 35 type game. Alabama wins by a touchdown over Arkansas and, Certainly, uh, you know, K.J. Jefferson gave them some problems last year. And K.J. was a huge part of the game yesterday for the Hogs. I mean, he only threw 19 passes and was, I believe he was 12 for 19 for 171. Two touchdowns, but he also had, as William already pointed out, 18 carries for 106 and a touchdown. And Rocket Sanders had 17 for 68. And they rushed for, you know, 244 on 54, you know, on 54 runs four and a half yards per carry against, uh, you know, what Texas ATM. So certainly uh, they did a nice job. And then his receiver core is improving every week. Uh, and of course it's led, uh, you know, the receivers uh, by Jaden Hazelwood, the transfer from Oklahoma. Uh, he had five catches yesterday. Uh, you know, they've got an another couple guys that are capable. Warren Thompson made a big play for a touchdown for them last year. So, uh, you know, this is uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how this uh, Arkansas wide receiver group matches up with Alabama's secondary. I thought Vanderbilt 
did some interesting things, William. They did a lot of back shoulder throws. I thought Terry on Arnold, he gave up a couple of uh, catches, but I thought he also defended a couple well. Ricks got called for holding, uh, or excuse me, for pass interference on one of them. Uh, but I thought the secondary still held up pretty well against the young Vanderbilt quarterback. And who, by the way, I will say this, uh, Vandy, we know they're not an elite program, but uh, they do. That quarterback has got a chance to be a good player down the, you know, in, later in his career. And then Will Shepard, their number one receiver, and even the McGowan kid, both of those guys were pretty good players. So at least Alabama got tested in the secondary a little bit, which is they're going to get tested as an entire defensive unit against this Arkansas defense, or excuse me, offense, William. Well, I don't think it's uh, you know any secret, you know that, that you know Terry on Arnold is you know still starting out there at cornerback. I mean, you know, yeah, he's a true freshman, and um, you know, giving up some back shoulder throws that's that's probably the hardest um, you know pattern to defend as a cornerback, especially if you've got a you know a rangy wide receiver that can get some separation on you just by the the length that they have and. Uh, you know, I think the Alabama secondary has performed pretty well. I mean, the, the whole Alabama defense up to this point, um, you know, outside of the um, the rhythm that, that Quinn Ewers and, and uh, Worthy got into for Texas in the first half of that Texas game, um, you know, they've certainly been extremely stingy versus the run. Um, you know, I think they're still kind of getting – you know, they've got so much talent and depth over there. You know, I still think they're trying to feel their way through uh, saw saw my man, big uh, big Jay Otis had a had a nice little uh, yeah. double team double team that he stood up last night on a on a short yardage play that that allowed him and I think Toa Toa to clog that gap up and make the tackle and you know there, there's another true freshman um, you know that's factoring in the young player and so Lawson's getting out there more I mean I think he was the second leading tackler. Yeah. Um, you got to see all the people that have been complaining about the pass rush. You got to see Will Anderson flying around like he normally does. So, and also, I mean, you know, the, but there was a couple of nice punt returns, you know, by Kool-Aid again. So, you know, they're, they're start, you're starting to see, um, you know, where, where some of the stars are and where they're going to be on this team. They've just got to keep building and, um, you know, continue to do their jobs on a weekly basis. Um, you know, you still may not see, you know, a complete team just yet. There still may be some, um, you know, some guys that factor in. You know, you still kind of got the Tyler Booker, um, you know, deal floating around out there at offensive guard. And um, so we, we may not be done yet as far as the depth chart goes. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, they, I think Alabama is also developing some depth. I think that's a, an exciting thing. I think Coach Saban, uh, you know, is enjoying that. Uh, I was a little surprised. I thought Booker might get his first start in an Alabama uniform. He did not. He did come off the bench in, in the uh, early stages of the first quarter uh, for JV and Cohen. But your thoughts on what you saw out of the offensive line as a whole, William? I thought it was their best outing. Um, you know, I know Vanderbilt's not in the, the upper echelon of, of of talent pools for the Southeastern Conference. And, you know, they typically, you know, tend to be overmatched on both sides of the line of scrimmage, um, especially. But, you know, they, you know, the Alabama offensive line treated them that way. And, um, you know, they rushed for over 200 yards. Bryce, you know, was able to throw for, you know, right at 400 yards and, and, you know, lots of nice shots down the field. Um, so, you know, I, I think this was collectively their best performance. And, uh, you know, they, they've just got to keep building on that. And, um, you know, I think um, that this is going to be, even though the, the statistics, you know, aren't out there. I mean, Arkansas does have a couple of guys you know, in their front seven that, that, you know, I think can pose some problems for the Alabama offensive line. And, uh, but, you know, overall it's, it's the same story as last year. The, the back end of their defense is just terrible. Um, and has been for quite some time. That's certainly the biggest, you know, weakness I would say so far of the Sam Pittman tenure is that they just haven't gotten any better at all. Um, you know, defending the forward pass. 
Yeah, they've struggled. There's no doubt. From the Cincinnati game on this year, it's been more of the same, but they're struggling. They've even struggled to stop the run. A-Chain had about 160 yesterday and the longest 63 for Texas ATM, and they rushed for about 190-some-odd yards. Uh, and as you said, William, they've been struggling in the back end uh, to, uh, you know, uh, cover, uh, you know, a, 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 you know, sophisticated passing attacks. You know, Cincinnati riddled them, uh, certainly. Uh, uh, I, now, Texas ATM, this this was my, if I, this would worry me if I was an Aggie. I mean, Max Johnson was only 11 to 21 for like 150 yards. So uh, they didn't, and I think a touchdown, They but they, they did not, uh, you know, throw the ball exceptionally well but they still did better than what they've seen but i i tend to agree with my the key for alabama in this game with arkansas is going to be to protect the football not give it up to them and then execute offensively because they've already proven they have trouble uh you know uh, stopping the run and the pass but they do rush the passer well drew sanders former bama linebacker is playing inside for the hogs and has done a great job rushing the rushing the passer Alabama's going to have to play clean and then really play more poise than they've played on the uh, the road the last couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, um, you know, you saw last year the trip to Texas A&M, the trip to Auburn. Um, you know, they've got, uh, you know, and I think this is actually, cause I, I spent a lot of time watching uh, the Florida and, and, and Tennessee game uh, yesterday. And, um, you know, it was, say what you want about the outcome. It was good for me um, that doesn't really venture out and watch a lot of college football outside of the Southeastern Conference, um, you know, to see that, you know, rivalry get back to where um, it looks like it's going to actually be a rivalry again. Um, but that, that, that Tennessee team, I'm not trying to get us, you know, to look ahead, um, right. has some, has some matchup problems, uh you know, very similar to what Alabama is going to see Saturday out of Arkansas. They've not only got a dynamic quarterback, but he's got the wide receivers that KJ Jefferson doesn't have. Yeah, and uh, you know, certainly Jaden Hazelwood is somebody Alabama's going to have to deal with for the Hogs, and um, you know, he's a good player, no doubt about it. As we said, he's the transfer, uh, you know, from uh, Oklahoma, but. Uh, they don't have a lot of proven guys. One of them that has been moved to the wide receiver room, uh, you know, is their former QB. Uh, and he's uh, been moved over there. Uh, and so we'll have to see, you know, what happens uh, with that. And that's Malik Hornsby. But he didn't do much offensively yesterday. Uh, certainly, uh, the, uh, they, they did hit a deep shot to Warren Thompson. He's a senior from Florida. He's 6'3". So they've got some bigger wide receivers. But the biggest thing is going to be to, to uh, make Arkansas one-dimensional. Alabama's done a great job against the run. They, first of all, got to take K.J. Jefferson's legs away from him, and they got to stop Rocket Sanders. Uh, he's He was contained by A&M yesterday, but he's been a really good running back and been leading the SEC in rushing. So Alabama's going to have to do a good job there, no doubt about it. You know, uh, And if they do, I think they can get a big road win, but it's certainly not going to be easy. This is William. This is the toughest stretch of schedule for Alabama, really. I know. I know they have a bye, uh, you know, uh, before they play LSU on the road. But when you're playing uh, Arkansas on the road, uh, and then Texas ATM at home, and then Tennessee on the road, that's going to be kind of a defining stretch for this team. No, absolutely. And uh, you know, I think right now, from what I've seen. Um, Tennessee's probably the biggest threat, certainly when you factor in, um, you know, because they've, you know, had a little taste of success, certainly exercising the the the, the Gator rivalry and, and getting that back on their side of the table. I mean, that, that stadium was rocking. Um, you know, they've got a very tough, you know, up-tempo offense um, to, to deal with. And, 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 you know, they have a quarterback that I think is capable of doing it you know, both with his legs and with his arms. And, and he's got, you know, three or four legitimate, legitimate passing threats, um, you know, at wide receiver that, that he can utilize. And, uh, you know, they're, they're not the Tennessee of, you know, the mid to late 90s. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm really impressed with the job that Josh Heupel's done you know, getting that team. And you, and you saw what they were able to do. I mean, they, they gave Alabama all they wanted last year in Bryant-Denny Stadium. And they're, you know, 
a year further in the Josh Heupel program. And, um, you know, I still think they're, you know, they're, they're the biggest threat, I think, of the three teams we just got through talking about. Well, I certainly think they are due to Hendon Hooker. I just don't think he gets enough credit. He was my pick behind Bryce Young. He's the second-best quarterback in the SEC, and we saw him yesterday. And certainly Anthony Richardson did a lot more than I thought he was going to do. He, he looked like Randall Cunningham. He threw the ball for over 450 yards. And uh, certainly that Tennessee defense uh, has some issues. Uh, but certainly they've got Hendon Hooker, and they won that game without Cedric Tillman, and they'll have him back. And, uh, you know, they got Jalen Hyatt. They've got Brew McCoy. they got a lot of weapons on that team, Jabari Small, uh, you know, in the backfield. So it's a very talented Tennessee offense. I don't think you're uh, – uh, you know, that's uh, – you're, 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 you're spot on. It's a, it's a definite challenge, and, you know, and I think it's one that Alabama should, should relish. But the first thing they need to do is – come get, get healthy and then, you know, and try to get through these two next physical opponents, uh, Arkansas and Texas ATM as healthy as possible before that road trip to Knoxville. But Thomas, I was going to bring you in. What are your thoughts on what you saw at Alabama, first of all, and then of course, uh, the stretch coming up. So, uh, about the stretch coming up, Texas A&M is actively terrible and a lot of their stats are upside down. That's a 30 point destruction any day of the week. If you want to get into that, you're kind of get looking ahead a little bit. Look at the total yards that A&M gives up versus what their offense has been able to do throughout every single one of their games. But anyway, when you deal with an opponent like Vanderbilt, what really matters is not that you're going to win. It's how you win. And when you look at the Alabama versus Vanderbilt game, you know, Bryce Young had – like 300 yards in the first half, some garishly large number of passing yards. I believe on the telecast they said it was his single best half ever. And yeah, I think it was somewhere around 318 yards and then the four touchdowns. Yeah, it was unreal. So, so you know, what do you, want to, how, what do, you do against an overmatched opponent? You come in and you step on their face as fast as you can. And that's what Alabama was able to do. And – you know, Alabama, in many cases, took what Vanderbilt gave them. They ran a heavy box because they wanted to try and stop the run. Bryce Young started passing the ball. When they went to three down linemen, Alabama started running the ball and picking up chunk plays there. And it, that is what you want out of an offense. Now, the thing that doesn't get talked about enough has become one of the themes. Alabama's comfortable in a, in, with some tempo – Spread formations, RPO-based offense. Now, I, what that means is I don't trust this Alabama team on fourth and one to go get a yard consistently. I, I just don't. But that, that's, that might just be one of the features of the squad. But overall, still, how they won. Alabama was utterly dominant, putting up a ton of statistics. Even the backups, you know, you don't get to 600 yards of total offense – without playing a pretty good offensive game. I refuse to believe that you're going to get to 600 with just like a handful of gigantic explosives. That's not really a sustainable thing from a statistical standpoint. So the offense was great. Where I think the better unit on the day, though, is the Alabama defense. It wasn't until halfway through the fourth quarter when the first-team defense – was way off the field that Vanderbilt topped 100 yards of total offense. That's really hard to do, like brutally difficult to hold a team down that low just because, you know, you get two or three yards on a run or you get 15 yards on a back shoulder, etc. You know, you only need four or five of those and you're near 100 total yards. And Alabama was still superior on the defensive side of the ball. Now, tackles for loss did help keep that yardage total down. But the thing is, that's one of the better defensive performances you'll see out of any unit this year. And again, it's not how much Alabama could win, would win by. It's how they played in the game. And this was, I think this was Alabama's best game front to back. I thought Jalen Milrow. You know, I don't. I don't want him to be QB one, but he did some good things last night. 
I think the fact that he's able to actually read a blitz coming in and throw hot, that's a big deal for a young quarterback, to be able to see that, not freak out, and for a guy that his athletic as he is to not just instantly take off and run, but instead know that's my hot guy, throw to my hot route. That's, that's a big thing. Uh, that, that's growth that you want to see out of your backup quarterback. So, you know, that, that was a high point. Now, on to Arkansas, uh, there's really no other way to put it. Arkansas should have beaten Texas A&M yesterday. They had, uh, what, doing quick math, they had 80 more total yards. They had eight more first downs. They were pretty you know, consistently, if you look at what it takes to win that kind of football game, they were pretty consistently in that win point, that win probability thing. So, you know, you don't get it done, and you doink a field goal off the top of an upright. I can't remember the last time I've seen that. So I don't think it's fair to kill them for losing to Texas A&M, even though I really don't think a and very good this, this year. Excuse me. I think you've really hit the high points for this, though. Uh, Arkansas's pass defense is just bad. Their defense severely misses Jalen Catalan, who's out for the year with an injury. And does Arkansas have the offensive firepower to keep up with Alabama? They were able to do it last year, but Traylon Burks is not on this team anymore. He plays for the Tennessee Titans now. So I think this one, if Alabama keeps, you know, keeps doing what they've done over the past two weeks and stays out of this only snapping the ball with four seconds left on the play clock, you know, no real offensive flow thing, which has become a plague under Bill O'Brien on the road in many cases. If Alabama can stay away from that, I think this is Alabama's game to win. Now, because Alabama on the road has been a completely different animal than Alabama at home, I'm not going to take Alabama to cover. Um, until they can prove that they've, the team has moved past that, I'm going to be concerned. But you look at this matchup, and just a quick point, the Arkansas pass defense isn't just like 80th in the country. They're like 125th. I mean, they are truly, truly a terrible pass defense. And, yeah, Alabama's wide receivers have struggled at times, but – you want to talk about a get-right game and, and a good ranked opponent? Yeah, this is about as good as it gets. And then finally, Tennessee, uh, first one to 50 wins the game. I huh. will say a couple of things with Tennessee that do stand out when you look at the numbers. Florida outgained the Tennessee Volunteers yesterday. And you know Anthony Richardson's a wonderful quarterback. He ain't Bryce Young. So – I think there's some reason to buy into Williams' premise of the Tennessee versus Alabama game will be the toughest regular season test. But it's not like Alabama's going to walk in there and not have some things that they'll be able to do to put stress on Tennessee, similar to there's some things that Tennessee's going to be able to do to put stress on Alabama. I do want to make one point because I've actually gotten this question from a few friends. Why didn't we see the cheetah package with Dallas Turner, Will Anderson, and Chris Braswell rushing the passer against Texas? And my best supposition to that is that's an awesome package if the quarterback's not very mobile. But when you line up that wide, and the ESPN broadcast did a great job of highlighting the frustration of blocking stuff. But when you line up that wide, it does create some potential weird rush lanes issues. And all it takes is one guy being forced out of his lane and a mobile quarterback takes off down the field. So I'll be interested to see how that package evolves against a K.J. Jefferson or a Hendon Hooker. Uh, Max Johnson, uh, good luck against that group of folks. But I I'll, I'll I think Max Johnson's going to – unless he turns into Steven Garcia, which – you know, happened last year, so it's not completely insane. Um, I think that's a tough, tough spot for this A&M team. So that, that, that's, that's my long-winded answer to your multi-phase question, Drew. Thanks so much. Well, I was going to bring Redfish back into this too, William Barger. William, I know uh, you, you, we've mentioned the offense, but 
defensively, I thought Alabama played really well. We, we talked about the corners a little bit, but we finally saw those three pass rushers start to make plays and get on the field at the same time. Dallas Turner, Chris Braswell, and of course, Will Anderson's just Will Anderson. He was a, a freakazoid last night. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with Thomas. As, as sexy as that cheetah package is, um, you've got to be very, very careful and, and precise about, you know, who you use it against and at what time. Uh, and I don't necessarily think having a guy like K.J. Jefferson or Anthony Richardson is necessarily the cat that you want to, you know, make that a mainstay of your defensive game plan as. Um, but, yeah, they've got, I think, multiple – um, you know, cases, especially, you know, in the front seven, Drew, where the uh, – they may not be as, you know, worldly talented as Turner, Anderson, and Braswell, but you've got a lot of really good depth being developed on the defensive line. Um, you know, you're starting to see some of the younger inside linebackers become a bigger factor week in and week out. Um, you know, when, you're, when your second team – uh, you know, inside linebacker like Lawson's the second leading tackler. That that's good news. Uh, that's nothing. That's not a indictment against Jalen Moody. I think he's played really well this season too. Um, but you know, th- there's just so much talent over there. Um, you know, they got a, a you know a nice uh, four or five man rotation depth chart at, at both the cornerback positions. So I, you know, I think it's a good thing, and I think that's why it is so we talked about this last week, you know, why it is so essential to get, you know, get your league built up and, and, you know, like, like you saw Bryce do in the first half where you can give these guys at least a full quarter. I'd like to even see a, you know, a quarter and a half of play, you know, a, it it takes the transfer portal out of a lot of people's minds. Um, And, and, you know, gets them confidence, gets them comfortable and, you know, for all means, if, if there is an injury somewhere, um, you know, that they're ready to step up and, and play in prime time. I think that's something that, you know, kind of bit Alabama in the butt last year, you know, after the wide, the two wide receivers went down. You know, those other guys hadn't really had enough reps. And, you know, Alabama caught with got caught with a, you know, well, there, there were two bad apples in that receiving core um, that are no longer with the program as well, but still the premise remains. you got to get these guys reps and get them comfortable, and, um, you know, you're starting to see that at a lot of different positions, and I think that's a good thing that bodes well for, you know, this 2022 Alabama team as they start to get into the meat of their schedule. And, William, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, um, circle back. I know we we talked about it briefly at the start of the uh, show, but what do you think? What how are these injuries going to affect Alabama in your mind with Byron Young and, and Battle? I don't think they're going to be out, you know, even for the game against Arkansas necessarily. They could be, but it doesn't look like they're going to be long term injuries. Hopefully, so uh, if they're on a pitch count or you know, because they have a rotation at the D line and and Malachi Moore came in. And he has a lot of experience uh, for Alabama for battle. Uh, if they're on, a, say, a pitch count against Arkansas, how do you how, what, do, what do you think about that uh, against the Razorbacks? Uh, when you just talked about the depth they've been creating, well, this that may come in handy in Fayetteville. Yeah, and I, and I think they're you know at two positions where Alabama has you know plenty of depth and plenty of talent. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's worth you know, risking their long-term health um, for the rest of the season by forcing them to play Saturday unless, you know, both the doctors and the players, you know, agree that they're ready to go. Um, You know, I would say best-case scenario, um, put them on a pitch count um, and, and, uh, you know, get them them back to where they can go full speed. But, no, I don't think you'll see Alabama – um, all that stressed, um, you know, at defensive line or at safety if if uh, Turner and, and Battle aren't capable of going. Yeah, and uh, that's going to be one of those things where, especially you mentioned Jaheim Otis, his ability to play, I think, a boy be. I know he has it. He's not a pass rusher, but he's been able to do his job. DJ Dale got a sack yesterday, which was neat to see. Uh, certainly, uh, he's, he's been getting some time. With the ones we probably mean Jamil Burroughs may get some more time as well. He's shown flashes, and of course Tim Smith. So 
And like we said, Malachi Moore's very experienced. Christian Stories, another guy that could give them some time uh, at the safety spot, no doubt about it. But I think they've had, and then as William said, they've got a lot of guys at corner. Eli Ricks did get a penalty called on him yesterday, but he's getting time. Uh, Terry on Arnold and Kool-Aid are the uh, starters, no doubt about that. I like the fact, William, I know both of them fumbled, but they used the dual safeties in the return game. Uh, we might see JoJo roll next week, so that'll be interesting. But I will say this, just overall, I want to see this Alabama team do what Nick – and Nick Saban's even mentioned it earlier in the season. Used to be Alabama almost played its best football on the road under Nick Saban. They were very businesslike, uh, and they took the crowds out of the games, and they just dismantled teams. Uh, they did not play well at Texas. We saw what happened to Texas on the road yesterday. They lose 34-31 in overtime uh, – or, excuse me, 37-34 in overtime to Texas Tech. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, 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 I want to see this Alabama team go on the road and play at a high level. They've been playing well at home so far this year. I'd like to see them uh, do it on the road in Fayetteville against Arkansas this coming Saturday. Well, I think, Drew, since the, the Texas game, you know, you, you've kind of seen it leak out a little bit that Alabama didn't have its best week of practice. Um, you know, it's, it's a it's a new football team. This isn't the same team as last year. Um, they, uh, you know, probably overlooked Texas. Hell, the three of us on this show overlooked Texas. Um, we we were uh, badly mistaken in our uh, predictions on that game as, as far as Alabama's ability to score points on Texas on that side of it. So, you know, it happens. Uh, you know, hopefully this Saturday won't be one of them. But, you know, back during Alabama's, you know, heyday of going in and, uh, you know, just mashing people to death on the road and ruining people's, you know, SEC weekends, you know, they survived a very, very scary game uh, at Arkansas uh, somewhere around, I think it was back during the freaking Trey DePriest era at inside linebacker, <laughs> if memory serves me right, which is scary enough to relive in any way. So, you know, it, it can happen. But, you know, I think that's going forward from the Texas game, that's where the coaching staff and, you know, the leadership on the team has to, you know, jam it down the throats of the young players that are just making these trips um, for the first time or maybe their first time as starters. And there's a big difference in, you know, how you prepare. I don't care what anybody says unless they've done it. There's a big difference in how you prepare for a game um, as the guy that's going to be one of the starters on Saturday versus a second-team player. Um, yeah, you make your preparation, but the last thing in your mind is, you know, thinking that the guy in front of you is going to go down, you know, on the third series of the drive, and you've got to come off the bench cold. Um, so th those are all lessons that, you know, this team will learn week by week. And, you know, I, I think this – I'm really looking forward to this game. Um, you know, I – I don't necessarily like him so much from a personality standpoint. We're two different personality types, but I've got a lot of respect for Sam Pittman as a football coach, a great offensive line coach. I think he's done a good job um, of, of getting this Arkansas program headed back in the right direction. But I, but I think he's one of the true, um, you know, good guys in college football today. I think he gets up there and, if you ask him a question, he tells you exactly what he thinks about it. There's no coach speak. There's no blatant lies. So I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I, I like the coaching staff um, that he's put together up there, albeit some of the stuff that the defensive coordinator does with those three-man fronts drives me insane. But but I'm looking forward to it. I really like Sam Pittman. I know Nick Saban tried to hire him multiple times as his offensive line coach over his tenure at Alabama. So, you know, that should tell you everybody what they need to know about Sam Pittman as a football coach. He's he's had the Nick Saban stamp of endorsement on his career, I know, for at least twice. Well, and were you surprised that Cohen started and that Booker did not? But we did see Booker see a lot of action. You know, I, no, not necessarily. I, I don't think Cohen has necessarily done enough to lose his starting job. I think it's more of a situation of, you know, there's a younger guy that um, 
probably doesn't have the off the field stuff going on in his life that Cohen does. Um, so, you know, he's, he's probably mentally in a better place. Um, you know, he's hungry. Um, you, you know, he's, he's a guy that's real physical, um, and, and can bring a lot of things, but, but I think in this case, and, and especially with Nick Saban, you know, a, with the, with the personal stuff that's going on with Cohen and B, um, you know, he is a returning starter from last year's team. Um, you know, it, it's going to take, you know, I think kind of a dramatic event for, um, you know, Booker to wrestle that job away from Cohen. And, and again, um, it, it's not my job to predict when or if that's going to happen. That's up to Nick Saban and Eric Wolford. But uh, it, it's good that there is that, you know, situation that could possibly transpire. I, I don't know if last year um, that they had enough confidence in anybody beyond the two starters for, for a situation like this to take place. Um, so I think you just need to be patient and let it play out. You know, there may come a time um, where, you know, I, I think when I was playing in 1990, um, George Wilson and I were kind of in a week-to-week position battle um, over the left guard spot. And I think it was after the Mississippi State game I think there had been maybe two games prior to that where we alternated and, you know, I got to start the following week against Cincinnati and finished the year out as the starter. You know, it may come later in the year, um, you know, versus in September, like, like a lot of people thought, we'll just have to wait and see. But I think it's a positive. A, you know, you just want to, you know, make sure that, you know, everything's as good as it possibly can be for Javion Cohen, both on and off the field. And, um, you know, just kind of let the, um, the competition play itself out the way that it does. I, you know, I think the coaches will make that decision and pull the trigger when they feel like they need to. Yeah, I know Thomas uh, wanted to give some comments on Tyler Booker as well. Well, I think the big thing here is when it comes to this, it is, you're William, you're 100% right. It's a good problem to have. Any two of the three will be able to be competitive throughout the regular season schedule. Now, what that means to me, you know, why does Tyler Booker not start? Why doesn't he get more reps? I can't answer that question, but if I'm Tyler Booker, your whole focus should be on can I, the reps I get, can I put together a set of quality reps? Can I do the blocking assignment stuff? Because I'll never forget, William, I took this to heart. You said this to me probably three or four years ago on this program. I brought up the uh, pro football focus uh on offensive lineman grading system, and you proceeded to drop a nuke on that uh, that that grading system just because of how difficult it is to understand where, when, how offensive linemen get given assignments to do their thing, essentially. So, you know, put together quality reps. That's what Booker needs to worry about, and the only people that are going to really understand that are going to be Nick Saban and Eric Wolford, when it's time to grade those players. Now, of course, if you launch your defensive tackle guy on a running play into Northport, I mean, yeah, that that's 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 the definition of a quality rep, but that's not something to do every single time. But again, if he keeps putting together quality reps and you can see it when he gets on the field. He's got some serious ability as a young offensive lineman. You've got to feel good for the kid moving forward, but if any two of the three are going to be able to do the job, Alabama has a wonderful problem because, you know, one of the things that we haven't said direct, directly, excuse me, is over the next three weeks, Alabama is going to get through a grinder. They're going to get having to do some serious, serious higher competition. And, you know, if somebody takes, if somebody gets dinged up, I mean, God forbid Javian Cohen gets an injury. Well, at least Tyler Booker is there and will be able to put together quality reps. I really like how the coaching staff is handling it moving forward. I think it's something to be excited about. And, you know, the longer this goes on, the better all three of those players are going to be because in the case of, you know, Cohen and Echior, they don't want to lose their job to a young kid. And in the case of Tyler Booker, I mean, if you're able to do it, go do it then, kiddo. I'll cheer for you either way. So I think there's a lot to really, really like coming out of this position battle. 
and it's only really a positive for this football team moving forward, Drew. Yeah, let me let me follow up on something because Thomas just jarred my memory. And, I, you know, we're making a mistake potentially by just saying that Tyler Booker um, could only factor in at if something were to happen to Iki or, or Cohen. Um, and God forbid, I, I'm not trying to put any voodoo on them, but if something were to happen to the right tackle, I'm not saying that Tyler Booker would be the first guy off the bench, but he would certainly get reps at right tackle the following week to see if he is the right one. He's that good. He's that talented. Um, the fact that he's been able to emerge this quickly, because let, let's face it, he's not as highly rated uh, on paper coming out of high school as, say, J.C. Latham was last year, and I still think not letting him take his lumps at right tackle last year was was a mistake. Um, he certainly couldn't have done any worse than the other two did. Um, and now you would have a much more experienced, much more dynamic right tackle, albeit he's doing very good for a first-year starter himself. But but Booker's that good. I mean, he's, he's a multi-position guy if you need him to be. Um, you know, this time last year, he was getting ready to play John Bosco or whoever in the hell was on IMG schedule, uh, not making a road trip to Fayetteville. So he's, he's already passed a lot of the hurdles that you see young players at any position struggle at. He's obviously doing well in school with his classes, with study hall, with workouts, or, or he wouldn't even be in the position that he's in possibly talking about becoming a starter at some point in time during the season. So, and I know because of the position that he plays, you know, he's not going to get, you know, as much talk or as much hype as somebody that plays outside linebacker or wide receiver, but he's that good. Uh, potentially you're talking about a, a, a definite, you know, first round draft pick caliber player. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, he's, yeah, he, uh, he, he, Tyler Booker's got a chance to be a special one. I totally agree with that, William. Uh, no question. And uh, I'd be remiss, though. I know the last few minutes of the show, we're, we're going to definitely give our thoughts on the prediction. Uh, this uh, this Arkansas defense is not good. I mean, if, if they don't get to the QB and don't create turnovers, they, they don't stop the run very well. They're not very good against the pass. I think they're 91st in the country in defense. Uh, certainly offensively, they're very physical. Rocket Sanders and, and, and certainly K.J. Jefferson can run the football. They, they can throw it. I think it, it, it's predicated on the run, though. Alabama needs to make them one-dimensional. I still like Alabama. I'm, I'm certainly not predicting a, a beatdown like I did against Texas, which never happened. I think there'll be some adversity in the game, uh, no doubt about it, I think. Alabama's going to have to, you know, weather a shit storm, so to speak, like they do sometimes uh, on the road. But if they play relatively clean football, don't get, you know, a ton of penalties like they did against Texas and don't turn it over, then I think Alabama will win the game. Uh, you know, I, I, I would lean towards something around, you know, maybe 38 to 17, something like that, or 31 to 17. Uh, I think Alabama's the better football team, though I think Arkansas is getting better. I know Arkansas played them to within a touchdown last year, but I think uh, they also had a freakazoid named Traylon Burks, and they had a better defense. But what what are your thoughts on uh, the matchup with Arkansas overall? Um, you know, I think it's all going to be predicated on uh, Barry Odom. Yeah. Um, you know, if he comes up with some of the – blitz packages and you know basically the 2022 texas a&m defensive game plan that so many people utilized last year um you know it could be a close ball game um if he gets up there and starts trying to reinvent the the three man the three three defense that for whatever reason he's so infatuated with uh, then i could see it being a 20 plus you know blowout uh, but I, I like your prediction, Drew. I think, you know, taking all the stuff out of it, uh, you know, somewhere around 30, you know, somewhere between 34, 38 to 20, somewhere in that range. And Thomas, what about yourself? So the line in this game is 14 and a half. You can probably bet it down to 14 or 
and we'll see where the action goes with that line. I, I really don't like Al- how Alabama's performed on the road just as a team. It's been pretty disappointing fairly often, whether it's weird offensive calls or mental lapses or any of the other bugaboos that we can discuss over the past few, what call it, years, I guess you'd call it, the past year, year and a half. Go there. I'm sorry. I actually have this game closer. I think it's going to be 38-28 Alabama. Honestly, the pass defense means that Arkansas is going to really, really struggle to stop Alabama's offense on a consistent basis. Uh, we This would be a game where, similar to what we saw against Vanderbilt, if the 3-3-5 is trying to play like cover three deep zone to make Bryce Young drive on them, okay, well, Jameer Gibbs will have 150 yards receiving and Alabama will walk on down the field. But I think there's still going to be enough mental lapses as this team rounds into form that the game will be closer and will be somewhat uncomfortable throughout most of it. Now, having said all of that, should Alabama come out and do essentially what Georgia did to Arkansas last year, which was beat the brakes off of a better Arkansas team, uh, look out, this Alabama team is rounding into form, and we might have Nick Saban putting another uh, kyber crystal into the Death Star, if you know what I mean. But we'll see. Uh, Answer road questions, and I'll feel a heck of a lot better as Alabama moves forward against against Tennessee and Neyland in a couple weeks, Drew. Yeah, and I, I got to say, I, I'm looking forward to this challenge. I think this Alabama team needs to start playing better on the road. They certainly have enough veterans that need, should be able to show the way. Like William said, they, they, they do have young guys in key spots, and they have some inexperience on offense, and even the transfers that hadn't played on the road that are going to have to use the uh, – get used to doing that and executing. I'm sure that'll be Saban's mantra as they go into this matchup with Sam Pittman's Razorbacks. Uh, you know, but we'll see. I think we all like Alabama. We all think that it's going to, it's not going to be easy. Sam Pittman, we have a lot of respect for him. He's done a great job with that program. Really remarkable job uh, in his third season, already making them a ranked opponent, no doubt about it. Uh, but, you know, I, I, but I will say too, um, I wanted to ask, uh, uh, you know, you, William, about the two recruits Alabama picked up. Uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't hit on that. Uh, you know, they picked up two big uh, commitments from the state of Texas, uh, you know, this week. Uh, the, one I, the one I really like, of course, was the, the first one, Jordan Renaud, defensive lineman. I know Bo Davis really likes him in that state, but Texas wasn't, you know, heavily involved in his recruitment. It came down to Alabama or Oklahoma. Oklahoma actually got upset at home by K-State this weekend. But Renaud is the former teammate of Jamarian Miller. Uh, we've seen, uh, you know, what, how, what the kind of player Miller is. I talked to his coach, Joe Willis, last week on my recruiting blitz show. Renaud is known as a guy kind of wired like Will Anderson, a leader, a son of a coach, a guy that plays hard every snap. Uh, someone right now that's about 240 pounds, six, three and a half, but Probably going to end up being a 275-pound down lineman. Uh, guy that's twitchy, can rush the passer. And then, of course, Jalen Hale, wide receiver. Uh, you know, reminds some of Stephon Diggs. Reminds me a little bit of Devontae Smith. Six foot two, 180. High jump, long jump. Uh, you know, guy that can run a 10-800. Uh, can run a 22-6-200. Uh, got some explosive athletic ability. Really good basketball player. But it looked like to me two really good additions, two guys that aren't five-star rated but could be five-star talents. But I thought it was two really nice recruiting wins for Alabama, William, this past week. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, we've seen this happen over and over, you know, with 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 guys that are a little bit undersized, but they've got the, um, you know, the, the tangibles that you can't, uh, you know, really coach. And, you know, Renard is, is real twitchy right now, got some good length for somebody his size. And, uh, you, you know, once he gets to Alabama and they start pouring the groceries and the heavyweights on him, I could see him getting north of 275 um, really without a problem. I, it wouldn't surprise me if he reports, uh, you know, next year closer to 260 than 240. 
Um, it, it happens every year. But I, I think, you know, great pickup there. Um, you know, hail, you know, up until, um, you know, 12 hours before he made his, uh, his commitment, Texas thought that they were going to hang on to him. So, you know, when you, you know, for all the people, all, you know, Alabama's starting to fade. Uh, you know, Kirby's the new Saban, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, this guy, you know, at 70 years old is still able to go anywhere in the country and, and hold his own and win more recruiting battles uh, than he loses. And I think these two are, are prime examples when, um, you know, and, and I guess if you look at it, um, they're, they're going to the more stable choice of, um, you know, maybe where their second picks were. We still don't know. We still don't know the the, the timeline of, of Sark's tenure at Texas. Um, you know, if Venerables can't beat Kansas State on an annual basis, he won't be in Norman long himself. So um, I think both young men uh, you know, made good uh, decisions. Alabama's certainly got a pretty nasty track record of putting wide receivers in the NFL over the last um, you know, five or six years, and they've always done a great job with their defensive linemen. So uh, I think it was great pickups. And uh, certainly, you know, but both rooms, I think, uh, you know, on both sides of the ball, the wide receiver room and the D-line rooms, um, you know, are very well stocked right now. But, you know, you're going to have multiple people cycle out after this year. And, you know, you've got to keep that pipeline loaded, Drew, if you want to keep competing on an annual basis at the level that Alabama does. Yeah, it's, uh, you're completely right, William. And uh, Alabama with the number one class in all the major services. When you talk about on3sports.com, uh, SI All-American Sports Illustrated, of course, uh, and 24-7 Sports. Uh, it's uh, got a chance to be a runaway train if they can finish off this D-line class. Of course, we'll see the fallout from the visit to, to Ohio State, the second visit uh, for Keon Keeley. If he, I still say if he makes it to Tuscaloosa for that A&M game as anticipated, Alabama can go a long way to getting him. James Smith and Clay Russell were on campus this weekend. Another two priority targets, no question about that. David Hobbs was uh, on campus for Tennessee for his official visit for that win over Florida, but he's going to be coming to Alabama as well. So I think uh, David Hobbs is a guy that Alabama would is very, very interested in. It looks like even the the commitment to Florida from in-state, from Gardendale. Uh, you know, uh, Kelby College will be coming in uh, for that Texas A&M weekend. So we will see Alabama with a lot of irons in the fire. You know, it's 23 commits now. So I still don't think it's, it's going to be five, six, seven guys to fill out this class. Probably leave some room for some portal additions, uh, 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 one or two of those. But still, uh, you know, everything looking very strong for Alabama right now as they fill their needs. Uh, and certainly these two guys, Jalen Hale, the third wide receiver, and then uh, the third defensive lineman in Jordan Renaud uh, really are going to go a long way toward doing that. And again, Alabama probably would like, at least like to get three more defensive linemen, uh, David Hobbs, a Keon Keeley, or a James Smith, uh, perhaps, uh, you know, a Kelby Collins to circle back. We'll see. And, they, and of course, they're going to keep recruiting Peter Woods. So Alabama. Uh, looking strong right now, and uh, the recruiting definitely uh, is still going, uh, uh, you know, in the, in the in the direction you would like. And as you said, Nick Saban doesn't seem to be slowing down anytime soon. And then basketball, uh, you know, uh, David Cosby, uh, a young man originally from Richmond, Virginia, now at Word of God in Raleigh, North Carolina, top 100 prospect, a guy fast riser, had a very good summer, 6'5", 180, guy that can really shoot the basketball getting better off the bounce, a lot of length, uh, plays hard on the defensive end, a really good fit offensively and defensively, I think, for Nate Oates' uh, basketball team in the system. Uh, certainly Sam Walters is the stretch four they already had a commitment from. And then from my area here, point guard R.J. Johnson from Grissom, coached by good friend Jack Doss. So a good three-man class so far for Alabama, and we'll see if they add another piece before that November signing period. So Antoine Petway, with all three of these commitments, he's done a great job, as always, on the recruiting trail. And we'll continue to keep you updated uh, on Alabama recruiting, both football and basketball, uh, on BAMS Radio. And we'll look forward to next week when we, uh, you know, review the Arkansas road trip, hopefully a big win for Alabama, and then head into the Dirt Neck Bowl, a.k.a. hopefully uh, the game everybody's been looking toward where a reckoning is coming for Texas ATM. 
Certainly Texas A&M has won a couple of or, uh, games over ranked teams at the time, even though that Miami win doesn't look nearly as good now. And certainly uh, they did gut one out against Arkansas, uh, but their offense has left a lot to be desired. Max Johnson's a quarterback that's had success in the SEC, even some success against Alabama, but he's not a very mobile guy, and he should be a, a good matchup for the University of Alabama. So looking forward to that and looking forward to hopefully – uh, Alabama's 16th straight win over Arkansas would be quite an accomplishment for Nick Saban, but we'll review it next week. And of course, we'll keep our ears to the ground in recruiting. And of course, if there's some news in that respect, we'll certainly review that on BAM's radio next week. But we appreciate everybody for supporting us uh, and listening each week. I appreciate Thomas Watts for all he does and William for, for joining us and on his way back from the beach and a good, a good weekend of fishing and football. But We'll talk to you next week. I'm Drudy Armin. We always enjoy bringing you BAMS Radio. Good night, everybody. See you next Sunday, and roll tide.